previously on D&D Kinda. As you guys all walk down to where the nobleman's bed is, sure enough, laying in the bed is the nobleman. The party looked around as their senses were engulfed with the familiar yet strangely disparate room. This somehow felt all wrong. Benedict neared the nobleman, though unwavering, leaned over the side of the bed and closer to the nobleman, and with his head next to the nobleman's ear, he whispered, We saw you die. Who are you? The nobleman turned his head and whispered into the ear of Benedict, I take a, just a quick second and I dart back into the bar and I walk back up to Quint and I hold out my holy symbol and I say, Quint, where can I find a relic similar to this in Neverwinter? Do you know? Is this the symbol of Bahamut, the ancient dragon god? I have studied to find its origin, which is why I ask the question. You can't, you can't buy this. Maybe from a vendor that found it on a merchant that maybe found it on someone's body, but this isn't this isn't anything you purchase in Neverwinter. This is this is an ancient deity's symbol. Where did you come to find this, Quint? I thank you for your wisdom. Have a good day, Hamilton. You can't see anything. It is complete darkness. There is nobody. The house is gone. The sun is gone. You are standing in a complete and total abyss. The only thing that you see are clouds. And then from behind them, two impossibly huge glowing green eyes. And then you snap out of it. And you're standing back in the field in front of Francis's house. Um, guys, is something wrong, Hamilton? I, I think I had a vision of what? I'm not really sure. I just saw eyes. This reminds me of a play. <laughs> <laughs> Here he goes again. You sure you're not a bard? <laughs> I, I only joke but I do have an inkling that Hamilton may have just regained his usefulness Hamilton cast Eldridge Blast on me alright Hamilton casts Eldridge Blast okay go ahead and give me an attack roll 17 so whenever you go to attack, you have your uh, half-staff at this point. Um, and you, I would say, how would how would your approach to this be? Like, would you, like, probably cautiously pretty optimistic or, like... Doubtful and also, like, somewhat worried because, like, I don't really want to Eldritch Blast Bartholinude. But I also don't really think it's going to do anything. 
Okay. So that being your demeanor, whenever you throw your staff forward, nothing happens. There is no Eldritch Blast that comes out. There is no magic that comes forth. There is nothing. So what do you guys want to do? I walk down the path from the house to what starts through some of the more dense sections of the city. And I kind of just look up at the sky and I see a sight that I haven't seen in a while. The past few days I've been in some interesting situations. I've been in another person's body. I've genuinely contemplated what it means to be alive. My entire life, I didn't feel like I was where I was where I was supposed to be. I never really fit in. And now with people who are more different than me than anyone in my life has ever been, I feel more at home than I ever have. Topher is pretty lost in his thoughts. Um, he really can't get over the fact that as a disciple of life and with his memory kind of being in shambles, that he could have potentially been a reason for one of the seals breaking. And this kind of causes him to want to know more about his past. Um, and kind of in the back of his mind, he he knows the task at hand is to make sure that Ball doesn't return. But at the same time, he really wants to seek out information about where he was found, um, the history of the Forbidden Forest, and any kind of events that may have happened there around the time that he was found or right around that time. Um, and as we're walking into town, um, he stops and Hamilton, could you come here? Hamilton carefully walks over. So Topher wants to talk to Hamilton away from the rest of the party. So he waits until Benedict and Bartholomew would get like a little bit further away. Um, and Topher kind of gets down on one knee and says, Hamilton, I know everything that has happened these past few days have us all out of sorts. From what happened that night in Neverwinter to our battle with the dragon and watching your brother die. We've been through a lot together already, and I consider you as well as your brother and Bartholomew to be my true friends, my only friends. However, what you did, exposing us to Ball and getting your brother killed, I can't accept your reasoning as being anything but selfish. For that, I don't think I will be able to trust you again. Now, I understand that your life's goal has been to find and kill your father and that you felt obligated to take a shot at him when the time arose, but I beg you to look at this from a different perspective. 
Was it worth putting us on Ball's radar? Is your vengeance so justified that it takes precedence over the rest of Faerun? Think of the lives that will be lost if Ball succeeds. The evil that will envelop the world. I beg of you, Hamilton. Take a step back and think of someone other than yourself. I don't expect you to listen to what I have to say, but... I didn't do what I did to further my own goals. I, I thought that Lokar would kill us all. And I, I saw that choice opening myself up for Ball's influence to be the only way to get us out of there alive. And and I, I, I understand that it was it was not the right choice now, but at the time I truly thought that was the only way. But did you not think of what could have happened with you opening yourself up to Ball, such a power, such an evil that could take over this world? I absolutely did. And in my mind, I saw the potential to be influenced by him and in a selfish choice, I decided that perhaps later down the road, if I was open to his influence, that I could ask you to kill me. But at something like that, you being open to Ball's influence, you wouldn't know when that would happen. You, you, you might know after the fact, but what's to say we weren't already dead? We could have been killed, and we still could be, because of what you've done. And now, I'm not berating you with this because I want you to feel bad. I just want to let you know that even though what you did, I don't approve of and I don't agree with. The greater task at hand is stopping Ball. To me, that's all I know. And you need to understand that. And I want you to understand that that's where I'm coming from. Because this is all I know. I don't know anything about my past. But I know that Ball is evil and that we need to stop him. And the fact that you invited him to where we were really makes me mistrust you. I understand your concerns, and I accept them, and I am very thankful for your criticism. I, I assure you that our goals are the same. I'm going to keep an eye on you, Hamilton as I have kept an eye on you. And I stand up and I start walking back towards the city. 
I get toward kind of like the end of the path that goes down the plateau from the house to the city of Neverwinter. And I look back and kind of see Hamilton and Topher trailing behind. And I just, I want to motion to them my desire to kind of reward us. And I holler out. We should go get a drink before we do anything. Oh, fuck. Hamilton runs to catch up. I give Bartholomew a nice little pat on the butt. Good job. I kind of trail behind because taking my mind off of everything that we've just been through by going somewhere and pretending like none of it happened and nothing is wrong seems out of sorts to me. And I really just, it's not really relaxing is nothing. uh, Relaxing is something that I can't really do right now because of everything that's happened. And the fact that I'm not mad at the suggestion because in my mind, I think it's well needed and well deserved. But Topher can't just go and relax somewhere. He can't just do that. Like, I'll go with them, but I'm, you know, it, uh, only because I don't want to leave the, you know, leave everybody alone. Um, but there's just too much going through my mind that I could justify potentially putting myself at risk by being drunk or drinking because of the fact that we're going back into Neverwinter where all of this started and the fact that we know that the nobleman and his guards aren't who they say they are. So I'm on high alert and I'll go with them, but only to protect them. Does anybody have a charm person? Well, I kind of, I kind of call out to the group. Uh, Hamilton's running toward down this, uh, down the path from the house toward me when I say that, and and I see Benedict looks not equally as uh, demonstrative in his his uh, show showing of excitement, and then and then there's Topher who isn't excited at all, and uh, I kind of walk back up the hill toward Topher and as I'm walking I kind of raise my hands and I say let's go to the Brandy's Main <laughs> and, oh uh, boy and uh, uh, Hamilton and, and Benedict are now past me down the hill and I'm walking still back up the hill slowly toward Topher and uh, as I get closer to Topher I look at him and I say Topher, I I know this is not a time to relax. But I will tell you this. The last time we were at the Brandy's Main, I spoke to the barkeep that you banished. After he forgave us for our actions on the first night we met, and after I played on stage for him and his bar, I asked him a question after the party had left. I showed him my holy symbol, and I asked him what he knew 
about my holy symbol. And his answer was robust. He had knowledge of it and of dragonborn language. I would like to go there to ask him to come with us to my home to investigate these scrolls. So, us as a party, we can relax while at the Brandy's Main, maybe play some music, maybe make some coin. But we can also collect information that can lead us down a path that will show some sort of resolve. Bartholomew, I, I just need you to know that I do think that we all deserve to relax. We've been through a lot. We need to rest. But I, I want to let you know that I, I cannot rest. I'm going to be on high alert. I'm going to go with you, and I will be there wherever we go. But I cannot relax. I know you are not the type to have a quiet mind. Hamilton doesn't voice this to his compatriots, but the support that he's gotten from Bartholinude and not necessarily the support from Topher, but at least, you know, Topher has shown the effort to voice his feelings to him has lifted his spirits quite a bit. And he, he feels much better um, because he was pretty down on himself after what happened before. And, you know, he knows that his brother is going to support him no matter what because it's his brother and, and they've been through a whole lot. But for Bartholomew to be as supportive as he is and for Topher to at least be putting out, you know, putting forth some kind of an effort, uh, it means a lot to him. And he's, it uplifts his spirits quite a bit. So Bartholomew leading the party continues forward through the city to the Brandy's Main. And as the sun sets over the western edge of the city, beyond the sea, the Brandy's Maiden comes into view. And it's there just like it was last time you guys left. There are some bystanders walking in and out. There's people roaming through the streets. And as the doors swing open and you guys walk in and you see Gwent standing behind the counter and he sees you and kind of nods his head and you guys walk in and take a seat. So Hamilton wants to go up to the bar and buy a round for everybody. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to walk with Hamilton. So you come, uh, Bartholomew, you approach the bar with Hamilton at your side and uh, Gwent obviously doesn't see Hamilton and he says, uh, Ah, my dragonborn friend, how are you? I am quite well, Gwent. How are you? Fantastic. Has business been good? He kind of like waves his arm out and like the, the bar is full. Brandy's mane is always full. And he says, business is as good as it's ever been. Are you back to delight us with more of your music? Or are you here just for a round? And then when he says that, he notices Hamilton standing at your side. <laughs> and he kind of like steps backwards and then gives you a look Hamilton and he's he kind of smiles but like not in like a good way <laughs> and says like ah this one have you come to charm me and take all my money again you dragon are you with him today 
Uh, Mr. Gwent, how much for a round for me and my pals here? He kind of looks at you and smiles and says, 10 gold for you per drink. Gwent, I know you have a bad taste in your mouth when it comes to Hamilton here. Hamilton sticks out his hand and holds Bartholinude's arm. And he looks up at Gwent and says, how about five gold a drink for the first round? So Gwent's natural reaction is to like, he kind of like does like a little internal check to like see how he's feeling. And he's like, is he like persuading me right now? Or are you trying to persuade him? Well, like, five gold per drink is way more still very hefty than what it yeah. should be but absolutely I'm, I'm assuming like this is you know this is hamilton's way of being like i'm sorry <laughs> i stole a lot of your money but that's a little much <laughs> yeah <laughs> 10 gold a drink is kind of absurd though yeah i mean we kind of totally paid him back so so, so what i want to do here though is i do want we're going to Get into some dice rolling, finally. Okay, okay. I'm going to roll my dice, too. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to make a persuasion check. I want to make a bet okay. between me persuasion. And, and Topher to see if he actually does it. That's a nat 20. De All right. Track bet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to bet anymore. <laughs> that is a nat 20. All right. So uh, with a nat 20, uh, when you say, how about five gold, Gwent's... Gwent took this as a very, um, very amicable approach to or response to his approach, which was, hey, you screwed me over and you you're like you said, it was more of like apologies. I'll still pay an asinine amount of money. Just make it more, you know, <laughs> so it doesn't hurt me as bad. Right. And uh, he puts his hand out and does a little like kind of like a pay up motion. OK, so I take out the currency and I hand it to him but as I as I reach my hand out does he reach for the yeah his hands like already extended like yeah. so as I reach out for him when he starts to reach to take it from me I pull my hand back and I say and some food for us as well so he asks what you'd want and then just kind of still has his hand out and what do you do you just drop it yeah, I give him the twenty gold. Okay. So, um, and as I as I as I give it to him, when I put it in his hand, I kind of hold his hand, and I say, "Are we even now, Gwent?" So he he kind of like pulls his hand out from underneath of yours, and with the, has like the satchel of money in it, and he kind of like spreads that out on the table, and he pulls aside ten gold pieces from it, and then slides the other ten back to you, and says, "It's nice to see." that you decided to be honest for once. Keep the change. And then he turns around and starts to pour. So um, as this transaction is taking place and he turns around to pour the drinks and to prepare the food, I ask him, Gwent, do you mind if I play? Uh, so he, yeah, he, he turns around and says, by all means, last time you played, you drew quite the crowd and made me quite a bit of money. Feel free. Take the profits this time. Well, Gwent, I actually have other intentions. We will discuss afterwards. He just kind of nods and goes back to getting the food and stuff ready. 
So I walk up on stage and start playing my flute. Give me that performance check. Crit fail. <laughs> oh, no. oh, you broke no. all your hands or all your fingers. <laughs> all your hands. <laughs> all two all of your hands. your hands. So as Bartholomew begins to walk toward the stage, he takes us. There's like three little s- steps that walk up onto the little platform that is considered the stage in the Brandy's Main. And as he steps onto the first step, he slips and uh, falls forward and hits his chin off of the top step. This is big dragon chin. And it creates this large noise, and everyone shuts up and looks up and sees him being a fucking giant doofus. Benedict points and laughs. (laughs) Much like that. Look at this fucking idiot with a flute. (laughs) (laughs) Fell on his face. I don't know this guy. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know know this guy for sure. All right, um, yeah, so you kind of bust your face off of this, this stair, and um, you just kind of get up and shake it off, or what do you do? I, I kind of try to shake it off, but it definitely does not help my attitude toward trying to make a good impression on the crowd. So as I even approach this situation, I'm already feeling like I'm a failure. So... As you're kind of like collecting your or gaining your bearings, I should say, um, Gwent walks over to you and he just kind of he has a laugh and says, "My dragon friend, are you all right? I will be okay. Come with me. Let's. I'm I'm taking a small break. Let's let's discuss what you wanted to ask me about now. And then." Uh, Kind of shows the rest of you guys to their to your seats, and then uh, kind of pulls you off to the side. Okay, so um, we we kind of walk off to the side and we begin to talk with one another. And the first thing that I do is I pull out my holy symbol, and I hold it in my hand. And my hand has an open palm, and it's a necklace. So the holy symbol is resting in my palm, and the necklace is dangling off the side of my hand. I hold it out and I say, last time we spoke, I showed you this symbol and you began to speak about it in reverence of where I obtained it from. You indicated to me that you had knowledge of this and potentially of Dragonborn. I would like to know more about what you know and I would be willing to tell you information about where I obtained this from but I have a goal and I would like to know more about your information. Bartholomew, I, um, I, I will admit I have extensive knowledge of many things and Dragonborn history is among the things I know. However, I am, I'm not sure how I could be of use here. Well, let me ask you this. Do you know of the language? Dragonborn is complex, and the the dialects and the language has changed drastically over the last hundreds of years and even thousands. I would need to know more to know if I could assist you or not. Surely I I may provide some value, but I would imagine you would know more than I on the subject. I'm not a very smart egg, 
but I was able to pick up on the fact that I don't believe someone who knows nothing would know even that there are complexities within the language. What I would like, if you believe you could be of benefit, is to ask of you a favor. And that is? Do you recall a number of days ago the night that disturbed us all of Neverwinter was disturbed in the night I remember it well I can't say I'm it affected me personally however many many people spent some time here around that very night in the days after as many people were quite quite taken aback by it I remember it well I don't have high confidence about it but I have a suspicion the night that that happened I was in my home I've been researching Dragonborn history to, to my own ends. And in an attempt to learn about my past, I believe I stumbled upon something significant. After our discussion about my holy symbol and its origins, I was hoping you might be able to provide a new opinion about what I was reading. I would I would be delighted to help in any way that I can. I, again, just, as you do, have very little confidence in my ability to be able to help you in this situation. But time will tell. Fortunately for me, I don't believe your confidence adequately portrays your competence. He kind of chuckles and, and says... I, I appreciate the compliment. We will pick this up soon. You and your friends, enjoy your evening in the bar. The rest of the drinks will be on the house tonight. Once again, I apologize for our initial impression. But I can assure you, and with sincerity, that me and my friends, we mean you no harm. And we are fighting for good. So in, the, in a way that the conversation got both too serious, but also not in like a, he's not scared by that fact. He's just, he just kind of like nods and he just kind of goes back to work. Um, what I would like to know is, you know, I've interacted with this guy quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I can recall everything in great detail. What I would like to know is, I won't, I won't know it, but I would like to get a more concrete idea as to whether or not I believe this guy is a drunk. He works in a bar. Sometimes people who work in bars drink their own drinks. And if he's, he's a social person and he just goes with the flow and drinks his own drinks and lives his life that way, I want to see if if I can tell if he's if he's if he if he swings that way. Make an insight check for me. 
15. Okay. To your knowledge, you said you could recall all this information very well. Um, and you can with that check. You don't ever remember seeing a drink in his hand unless he was getting it for a customer. Nor did you ever smell alcohol in his breath or have any indication that he was um, drunk at any point. So, How about the day that Topher dispelled him and he was, we, we met him in a public place. Can I recall who he was with? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was actually just walking to the, through the street. He was actually by himself. Okay. Yeah, you could probably very vividly remember that because that was a pretty action-packed day for you all. So those were the thoughts that were going through my head as we agreed to try to just have a good time. And I walked back to the table to try to eat some of the grub that might be left that um, Hamilton had previously purchased at an exorbitant interest rate. And as I sit down, I, um, I look to the party and I say, I believe Gwent will be accompanying us if it is our goal as a team to go back to my home and look through the scrolls. I believe he knows something of Dragonborn language and history that might provide a second opinion on the scrolls that I was reading through. These are the same details that Lokar told me that triggered that night. Also, he said drinks are on the house. And I look at Topher. We might as well have fun while we can. We don't know if we're going to have the opportunity again. An inebriated mind causes even the strongest of beings to be thoughtless and act out of impulse. I will not partake in these drinks, for we have a greater task at hand. Well, do what you would like. And know that I don't disagree with you. Being inebriated does not facilitate well-executed decisions. But I do believe that there is a time and a place for being in that state of mind. And right now, we are with friends, with what I would call family. And because of that, and because of what looms over us with the potential of compromising the integrity of the peace among Faerun, I believe we must celebrate not because we have won, but we must celebrate because it might not, because we might not have another chance. Well, I've been the hell, so I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> Do you not think of anything other than yourself? And I stand up. There are so many more things in this world than a drink. Than something to help us forget and cause us to be not at our best. We're going to sit here in this bar and pretend 
like everything is okay. There's too much to do. What happens if Ball strikes tonight? What happens if something crushes this bar like it did my house? And we're too inebriated to, to fight back? You have all seen what's happened these past few days and you want to sit and drink? I don't understand how careless you can be. There are too many important things for us to handle. And if we take care of them, there'll be time to drink afterwards. Benedict stands up and walks straight to the bar and gets a beer. I am disappointed in all of you. Every one of you. Hamilton, Benedict, wanting to kill your father. How many nights did you spend drunk trying to find him? It's about to be one more. When you knew that something could happen at any moment, did you drink and put your thoughts aside? Bartholomew, with the Golden Clan Elder, when you thought you might be close, did you use a drink to lessen your thoughts? To make you less of a fighter than you are? I don't think that you would. Now, you said you wanted to go to your home. You wanted to look over these scrolls to see if we could figure anything out that would help us to stop Ball. An evil that we know is trying to make its way into this world and we come to a bar, which I agreed to, but we want to get drunk instead of even remotely focusing on what is more important. Topher, I apologize for not explaining this to you sooner. In the past, I have been in situations where my inebriation was undesired. In one situation, I was not the one intoxicated that mattered. I had a friend, a very close friend. His wife showed up and he was with another woman. He was drunk. He wanted to explain himself effectively and to provide justification to his lover. But he could not with his inebriation. He looked at me and asked me to help. I performed a lay on hands on this individual. And he was no longer drunk. I'm not sure if it was a fluke or if it is something I can do consistently but I do not become inebriated 
and surrender myself to a lesser state of mind without some sort of plan to know that I can be prepared at a moment's notice. As much as I want to believe you, I don't. You have to understand that there is something in this world, an evil that is about to make its way here. There are more important things than sitting here wasting time. And I get up and I walk out of the bar. I come back with four beers <laughs> and I drink Topher's. Hamilton leans over to Bartholomew. Should we go with him? I have two thoughts. I would like to both test whether or not my lay on hands is genuinely, if it can rid of a poison. Alcohol is a poison of the mind. If lay on hands can rid a poison, I would like to test it in an hour or so on you, Benedict, to see if you become sober. And when he looks at me, he sees four empty glasses. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can probably test that right now. My second thought is that Topher, he has a poison of a different kind. He has a lot of troubles on his mind right now, most of which revolve around the lack of knowledge of his past. Not knowing what his past is, and now with what is before us not knowing what his future is, I can relate to his troubles. I can understand his troubles. I am not going to force him into a situation that he does not want to be in. If he is more comfortable outside, I will give him his time. Bartholomew, you smell really nice. Thank you. I just fell on the bar up front. So Benedict's kind of on the other side of the table, so I walk around to the table and I just place my hand on his back and then I cast Lay on Hands. So, tell you what. Uh, no modifiers, just straight up and down check. Just roll a d20, tell me what you got. I got some palm trees up in this bitch. You got a 13? 13. All right, so whenever you cast Lay on Hands on Benedict... Uh, he immediately comes to the realization that he drank all those beers for nothing because the sensation he was feeling, the warmness in his cheeks, and the uh, the crazy heartburn he gets from drinking all fade away. How do you feel, Benedict? Uh, pretty sober now. I apologize for doing that, but we do have unlimited drinks. I would ask of you a favor. What's that? Will you walk outside and... Check on Topher. That's what I was going to do, yeah. Mention to him our recent revelation. Where's where's uh, Topher, Daniel? So Topher's sitting outside of the bar, um, and he he has his shield in his lap, emblazoned upon his shield is his holy symbol, Tamishkal. And his hand is on his holy symbol. And I'm not necessarily praying, but I'm 
really focusing and kind of honing in on my my connection with Mishkal. So um, I walk outside and uh, I pop a squat right beside him. And uh, I tell him, I'm like, um, in case you're curious, Bartholomew, uh, his lay on hands, uh, it works. I'm, I'm sober. But Topher, I, I understand how you're feeling. I do. And we all know what's at stake here. But it, think about it. Like, if he attacks tonight, what are we going to do anyway? If he attacks right now, we're all going to die regardless. But wouldn't you rather... Fight? Yeah. I would definitely fight. That's not what I was going to say, but... Wouldn't you rather be of sound mind when this happens, or if it happens? Now, I understand that he could lay on hands and make the effects of the alcohol go away. But, at a moment's notice, if we were attacked... Do you think that he would have the time to do that? Do you think that it would matter either way? I do. No. Did you... You saw what he did to me. Benedict, you are more powerful than you think. Listen. You are. I saw him when I died. All of him. There's no chance. None. There's always a chance if you have hope. Benedict. And you might have that, and that's great, but I I don't. We're not going to win. I, before I was brought back, I was literally in the middle of being devoured. If you think that there is no hope, that there is no reason... That it doesn't matter if you're drunk or sober, when and if Ball attacks, then what are you doing here? And about this time, um, Bartholomew walks out of the door of the bar and uh, he has two drinks in his hand. And he approaches Benedict and Topher and he hands them both a drink. I think it is time that we have fun for once. I take the drink and I sit it on the ground next to me. Dover, I will not force you to have fun, but I want you to know that we care about you and we want you to enjoy yourself. I have never doubted that any of you care about me because... Over these past few days, I've grown closer to you, Bartholomew, Benedict, and obviously Hamilton, than anybody that I can remember. I have so much faith and trust in the four of us that we can do this that we can stop Ball. And I know, Benedict, that you've seen him and you've seen what he can do whenever you died, but 
there's something more inside of me that makes me think and makes me know that we can do this regardless of how we feel. And I don't want you to think that I'm mad at you all for having fun. I just, I'm so focused on the task at hand that I don't want to see any of us hurt. I'm more worried about the three of your lives than I have ever been about anything in my life. So I just kind of walk around front of him and um, reach down to the ground where he placed his drink and I pick it up. Not like in a quick motion, but I, I pick it up and I move it in front of him. And then as, I, as it's in front of him, I say, I've heard you say before that you're a disciple of life, but what is life without living? Life without living? Have a drink. Let's have some fun. Don't get me wrong, sir. I really do believe that we will win this fight. But we will do so when the time is right. Let us enjoy ourselves. We are doing research here tonight. Soon we will go back to my home. We will investigate the scrolls. And we will find out some more truth that may lead us down a path that will give us our results. But as a disciple of life, I was hoping you, of all people, would cut back a little bit and have some fun. Regardless for how much I fancy a glass of brandy, especially at the Brandy's Main, where they're known for the brandy, that's where I frequented before all of this happened, I just think that someone within the four of us should have a clear mind. Well, that's fine if you don't want to drink. I'm just saying you should come in with us and at least sit. I will come inside with you. Oh, I, I will come and sit and we can talk and discuss. But with everything that's going on, one of us needs to have a clear mind. And I will, I will be that clear mind for us. <laughs> Unfortunately for Benedict, he has a clear mind right now. Yeah, yeah. Let me get you another drink, my friend. So Topher stands up and sighs heavily and walks back into the bar. So as we as we walk back inside, uh, Bartholomew walks back up to the counter and uh, tries to get Gwent's attention. Okay. Uh, Gwent sees you and he kind of walks over and asks if you need anything. We're having a good time tonight, Gwent. I do like this place. But I must ask you, and this is completely off the record, alcohol can... It can minimize focus. It can change somebody's temperament for the worse. What I'm wondering is if you have anything else back there that might make someone more aware that might make somebody more capable of doing things uh yeah you got any hope <laughs> yeah i'm i don't think really i don't think gwent um i think he just kind of thinks you're joking and just kind of laughs it off and says <laughs> oh bartholinude i am glad you're having a good time please continue and stay as long as you would like and when you are ready, 
We will go back to your place to investigate these scrolls you speak of. That does sound good. Thank you for your hospitality. So Bartholomew walks back to the table and uh, Topher and Hamilton are sitting there. And he sits down beside Hamilton and he says, Hamilton, are you having a good time tonight? I'm just having an absolutely swell time. (laughs) Well, good. Anytime you want to get sober, just let me know. I don't think I will ever ask you that. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't want to bestow that upon you to begin with. So, as everything is transpiring, everybody's drinking, having a good time, with Topher's train of thought and everything that's going on, and not wanting to be here, Topher casts Thaumaturgy, on the ground beneath the bar and uh, causes harmless tremors in the ground for for a minute um, just to kind of get kind of get everybody's attention and make them kind of like at arms to see how everybody reacts to kind of a a, a natural so, something that that could potentially go wrong to see how Hamilton to see how Benedict and Bartholomew all react to this while being inebriated. Okay. He doesn't want to let anybody know that this is going on. He wants to try to prove a point. Okay. Make a deception check. 13. When you do this, uh, the whole ground starts to shake beneath the bar and everyone freaks out in the bar and everyone starts to get up and you know people are falling over uh what do you guys do i center my ground and i grab a hold of my scimitar like i'm just looking around like instantly there is a shock that rolls through my body that i am just like what the fuck okay and i want my hand on my scimitar and i'm like centered up ready for basically anything that's going to come at me Hamilton picks his drink up off the table so it doesn't spill and surveys the room. Okay. Bartholomew. Bartholomew enjoys it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, people are, like, pouring out of the bar. Um, and, you know, Gwen's kind of, like, rounding people up, kind of, you know, trying to help them out of the establishment. Um, yeah, and he's kind of, like, yelling for everyone to leave, kind of motioning, motioning everyone out. Um out of the building just in case it were to collapse um so yeah you guys all i'm imagining all of you guys kind of leave too yeah as as bartholomew stands up he you know everything's still shaking around us and you know he's kind of detecting that that everything's kind of changed like the attitude of the entire establishment has kind of changed you know they're all alerted to this and there might actually be a genuine need for concern. So in his drunken disposition, the first thing he thinks is necessary to do is to cast Detect Magic. So here's what's going to happen. You realize that there is magic at play here, but you're unable to tell where it came from. So when everyone filters outside the bar, everyone can now visibly see the fact that this is only in just such a small location. So it causes everyone to be kind of concerned. Um, This is kind of targeted. 
And then Bartholomew, do you realize that it was a magical spell that was placed on there? You don't know where or when it happened or who did it or anything of that sort. Um, but you do feel that. Now, when you guys are all outside, Gwent, uh, all the people were kind of drinking and everything like that. Since it just keeps happening, every time Gwent gets close to the door, he can kind of feel it shaking again. Um, and this goes on for quite a few minutes. He's kind of concerned, but uh, he announces that the bar will be closing and everyone should go home. Um, so everyone just kind of, you know, obviously upset, kind of uh, rolls out. And you guys are left standing there in the street with one or two other people, is, of course. But um, Gwent is now standing there and says, well, I don't know what is happening here. Um, doesn't appear to be having any effect on my bar other than the loss of all my customers. Everything seems to be intact. Bartholomew, I've... With the doors closing for the night, perhaps we should head back to your home to look at these scrolls. Now be a good time, as good a time as any for me. As the bartender says that, Topher walks out of the bar. He wasn't, he didn't come out with the rest of the people. As the doors close behind me, the tremors stop and my eyes light up bright and while my eyes are bright and it's kind of blinding everybody I mean it's it's night you know it's dark so it kind of has an effect on everybody they it's hard for them to see I say Bartholomew you should ready your lay on hands and we should go to your home. And Topher starts walking towards the direction that he knows that Bartholomew's home is. And the light goes away from, from his eyes. And he just continues walking. So as Topher's walking away, and knowing that most of, if not all, the party had no idea that it was him that did this. He turns around and looks at the party. And he casts Prayer of Healing on the whole party. Just to sober him up. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, as I'm, I'm a little bit further down the street you know I'm not right next to anybody I turn around and do that and sober everybody up and whenever I do that I'm focused in on Bartholomew because him trying to convince everybody that he can do like the lay on hands if there was an actual attack that it took him that long and he still couldn't do it and that I could do it in one shot and almost it's it's almost like a like a very conceited thing that Topher does kind of showing them that he can he has the power and the ability to 
to do something like that whenever Bartholomew's biggest argument was that that I can sober anybody up by touching them. But he wants to show the party that that doesn't matter because he can do that being a block or two away. I would say that uh, Gwent definitely notices a, a change in the inflections and uh, movements in the four of you. Um, or I should say three of you as Topher has walked on. Um, and then Bartholomew, do you just start walking towards your house? Or do you take note of the what had happened? Or Bartholomew, once he is of sober mind it's like he was reprioritized he immediately tries to look for Gwent and is reattuned to his desire to try to learn more about these scrolls and the happenings in the bar that resulted in this situation aren't the first thing he considers he goes back to consider, you know, what the priorities of the party are. He automatically gets out of the mindset of having fun and gets back into the mindset of getting things done. So he looks for Gwent to be nearby. Okay, Gwent, I mean, Gwent's waiting on you guys. He doesn't know how to get to your house. I, I see Topher up ahead, who's already moving in that direction. And uh, Bartholomew calls out to Gwent, as well as Hamilton and Benedict and said it's in the middle of the night, but he says, we're here now. We might as well make something come of this night. And he does the motion of come with me. And he starts following Topher. So the four of you catch up to Topher and Bartholomew, you take the lead and lead everyone back to your house. It's about a, probably about an hour trek uh, across the the uh, eastern side of the city back to your to your home. And when you get there, you your home being on the top portion of a, a building, you go in and you all climb the stairs, and something isn't right here. And Bartholomew, you natively feel and suspect that it's because back in your home, the the presence of these scrolls is, now that your suspicions are confirmed, uh, I would imagine you just kind of feel that that's what you, this feeling is. And you guys, as you guys climb the stairs, Bartholomew, you get to the the door to your your home and there's a padlock on it. And as you pull the key from your pouch and put it in, you notice that the padlock is actually already unlocked. And whenever you push open the door, the five of you are standing there and you see your bed and the shelf with your books on it. And there are papers strewn everywhere. And as the moonlight is shining in the sky, you see the reflection of it hitting off of the various papers and whatnot. And as you all look around the room, someone looks up at you and is sitting in your study. And it's the nobleman.